0: Hello and welcome to Matrescence Awakening with Kieran Lee. I am your host, Kieran, and this is a space where we explore all things matrescence, which is the process of becoming a mother. We chat all things spirituality to help you understand your curiosity and be open up to a new way of being and doing through your own matrescence journey. I'm bringing you conversations with some pretty magical humans in this space. And today's magic human is Jessie McGarry. Jessie is a pregnancy, birth and postpartum doula, soulfully supporting women and families on their adventure into parenthood with a focus on illuminating all the power that they have within them and how to harness it. She's also a mentor to birth workers, building the biz of their dreams, human design reader, mother to three, soon to be four, and rescue chicken mama, Jessie. Welcome. Thanks for being here. (laughs) Hello. Of all the things you do, I must say, the most brave has to be the rescue chicken mama. Chickens terrify the shit out of me. I never, I will never forget
1: your fear of birds and chickens. (laughs)
0: Uh, yeah. I hold some childhood wounds around chickens. <laughs> oh,
1: parenting for kids, fine, but chickens. Yes. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, let's be honest though. The parenting for kids is still fairly, sound, sounds fairly terrifying too. <laughs> Go you. Jesse. I have got so many questions I want to ask you and speak to you about, but I really want to start by understanding more about your spiritual journey. Like, Where do you think your spiritual journey started? Is there a moment where you can go, yes, this is it? Or was it like a bit of a slow burn?
1: No, there was like, there was like, this is it. And it was, you know how you see those funny memes that it's like what you think your spiritual awakening will be and then like what it is. And you think what it's going to be is like really beautiful and like the stars and (laughs) like cosmicness
0: and all that. You're like a goddess rising up with the sunlight behind
1: you but actually it's like spiritually violent like no. it's brutal <laughs> it's brutal and it was um it was in 2019 so i had just had my third baby and he was a couple months old and i had my doula training and it was on my doula training that i kind of got opened up to all of this world like we just started I think we were talking about the moons and how there's like a new moon and a full moon but how you get like a new moon in a star sign so like a new moon in Leo or a new moon in Scorpio or whatever and I was like what and then I think as well from the doula training specifically like that was a 10 days intensive in-person experience and I had Marlo my three month old with me the whole time and it was just like a complete breakdown of yourself like all of us Mm. were experiencing it we've all got broken down and then built back together and when I emerged from it it felt like I was in postpartum all over again like it felt like I had been reborn all over again and then that was like the start so the start was really intense and then after that it was like yeah, just learning more about myself, all of this inner stuff that was just, I never knew about this stuff before. Like, you know, your inner child and inner like blocks and limiting beliefs, like all of these things I never knew about. And it was just excavating all of that. And that's where it started. And then it's just kind of, yeah, never really stopped, I don't think.
0: Yeah. And those blocks and limiting beliefs, I think we can often just associate those things with business. Like, what are your business blocks? What are your limiting beliefs to growing a business? But actually, it's like, all-encompassing, it can block so many things across so many elements and aspects of our lives that it's really important to start identifying them. So, yeah. what sorts of things were coming up for you in that doula training? Like, what did you go
1: through? Oh my god, it's so hard to put it into words. Um, the like the the concept of it was you can't really doula others until you can doula yourself. Mm. So basically, it meant we were going in there and then having our breakdowns and then our breakthroughs. And like I cry, I I didn't cry before then. I was very like dissociated from my emotions, didn't want to feel it. But I cried I think every single day when I was there. And like some, there was, I had two, myself, I had two um, breakdowns and breakthroughs where it was just like sobbing. Because the space, the container was created that we felt so, so safe within it. Like we all shared things that like we had, maybe never shared before. some people shared things that no one else in the world had ever been told before. Mm-hmm. so it it was because this container was created that I'll probably never experience again to be honest, and there will be people who will never experience something similar where the there was just absolutely no judgment, complete complete safety and um it was all about like taking up space. And that was like really big for me because I would talk and be like, oh, sorry, like I'm talking too much. And it was almost like, no, you're not allowed to say that anymore. And I'd get cut off for saying that. And it was you can take up space. It was that whole like being seen, being witnessed, um, opening yourself to receiving support and love and all of that. That was like where I noticed a lot of then, inner, you know, because then the layers start coming through like inner stuff, inner child stuff and all of that, where I was afraid to use my voice and I was afraid to be seen and I was afraid to allow people to hold me. And I was afraid of connecting with my body and feeling my emotions and yeah, all of those things. But it was just a hugely transformational experience. And I was a different person when I came out of it, like for the better. How did becoming
0: a different person in 10 days change your life? Like that sounds so intense and I know something that I when I support my clients through it can often be like it's actually really huge to change and let go of things that no longer served you so I can imagine that coming out of 10 out of uh yeah 10 days of training and being a different person there would have been so many things that shifted and people would have just like blinked and you're a different person how did you find that experience
1: I part of being like really like the thrill of it I really liked the um, intensity of it. And then the other part of me was like, that was really freaking intense. And the hard part was as well, like we would, it was 10 days, but at the end of each day I was going home. So I was like coming back to my regular life where I was parenting three kids and my husband was there and it was, it, it felt like a little bit of a double life for those sort of 10 days until I really committed to this new version of myself. But it was just, yeah, it was really, really intense. And even my husband was like, you're really, you're really different. And I think that was, that took a lot of work to to kind of get through because I don't, I don't I didn't realize I was gonna change. I thought I was gonna go and learn about like hip squeezes and, <laughs> and things like that. I didn't I didn't realize I was gonna um experience that stuff. I didn't realize it was gonna be such a personal, personal journey. I mm-hmm. thought it was like a knowledge thing, not like a body thing. So my husband had no idea about it either. Um, and so that it was just working through that and, like, getting him comfortable and, like, my family comfortable. But the, it was still a positive thing. It was not like, you've changed, I want old Jesse back. It was like, wow, you've changed and I guess this is what we're doing now. We're moving on with this version of, of you.
0: Yeah, so and he it, was yeah. able to come along for that ride with you and be really supportive yeah. in that space.
1: Yeah, and by that stage, like, we'd been together for We've been together for like 12, I think, or 11 or 12 years by then. So he knew that I was a bit of a like changing, you know, I've, I've never been the same. Mm-hmm. So he knows that I kind of, yeah, will evolve all the time. There's many evolutions things. of Jesse. Oh, there is. And I feel like more so within the last few years, more intense, but always, yeah. like I'm always, always, always changing. But it really just opened up the world for me to connect with myself, to connect with my children. Um, It changed how I parented as well. I learned because I learned so much of like my inner child stuff and wounding and all of that. It changed how I parented them because I was cautious of, you know, like accidentally giving them, you know, wounds. It's so hard. I'll be talking to my daughter and I'd say, Like, Jackson, you really need to, you really need to think before you speak. And then in my head, I was like, wait, I remember being told that all the time when I was a kid. And then I got so afraid of my voice. And so then I'm like, Mm. but, you know, you have, you do have important things to say. You have a really, (laughs) like, I'm like reparenting and backpedaling, which I'm probably just confusing (laughs) (laughs) everything, but um, it, I just became a lot more uh, considerate and cautious of them and their future rather than just like this is how I feel in the moment. And Yeah, like
0: getting triggered and just parenting the same way that we parented, even though it doesn't feel good for us, even though we want something yeah. different for our kids.
1: And it's just wild that like while you're doing that, you're getting, you are literally getting confronted with your own wounds, trying to like, semi-heal them in the moment while also dealing with the actual situation at hand. Like there's a lot going on. (laughs) Yes. I mean, motherhood always. (laughs) But yeah,
0: when you start bringing in, you know, those extra things, when you're trying to reparent yourself as well, it's just like another layer. And I think we can often fall into this trap of, trying to do all of it perfectly still, you know, like I don't need to be a perfect mother, but then like, I know there's this stuff going on and I need to make sure that I don't wound my children, but like, let's be honest, they're going to come out with wounds in some way or another. We can just try to minimize
1: it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But it's just so interesting. You think you have this idea, like it all would happen separately. You parent them and then you deal with your own stuff at this like later on sort of separately but really it's just all kind of smushed together <laughs> and you're just like holy really crap hanging on and hoping for the best. Yes
0: and so your doula training really sounds like it was just the rebirth of Jesse, like just another birth that you went through and I think Um, what you were saying about you didn't realize it was going to be so in the body. You thought like you were building knowledge, but it was actually so deep in the body. And I think that's a perfect metaphor for birth as well because we often think like we can get all this knowledge and we can learn all of the stuff, but actually if we're not connected in with our body, it can really, really impact our experience. And you being the incredible doula that you are, do you see like when you are supporting your parents, Um, how that really getting into the body and learning about yourself and stuff how does that really impact the birth and then like moving into postpartum
1: from that space as well hugely it makes such a big difference and I it's actually a conversation I focus on a lot with them because there are a lot of people who go down that you know the birth education path which is part of my role as a doula is educating them and they think that it's Uh, like positions and breathing and all of that, which is definitely very important. But I say to them, you know, there's a point where your brain doesn't, it's not there anymore and your brain isn't going, what position should I be in? And if you're not prepared for the emotional depth and transformation and journey that birth takes you on, you can actually be blindsided by it and then resist it and then try to run away from the experience. So it's that real preparation of, like, that, the you know, the, the practical stuff, the breathing and all of that. But also I want you to know that when you're in there, you're going to experience things. You're going to go through healing as well. I witnessed a lot of healing in birth um, for those who are really open to it, which means, you know, they're crying and they're releasing. But the cool thing is once they've had that release, they usually... You know, there's usually a baby that's about to be born, or or some, something like that. Um, it's like they sort of emotionally block themselves, so those releases are really important. And then that, because they're uh, welcoming that connection to their body, to feel what they have to feel, and to feel safe enough to express it or release it or voice it, however they can, and know that they're going to be held whilst they're doing that. It just allows them to tune in further to their body and their baby and what they need to do and so then they will find themselves in a position that they maybe didn't even realize was a a good one to be in because their body's like go here or their baby is like I need you to move here and they can feel it and understand it and then it's the same thing into postpartum like again I see a lot of I see a lot of people wanting to prepare and be like well what items do I need? Do I need to have mm-hmm. this in my cupboard? Um, do I need to have dummies? Do I need to have this for backup? What, like, how do they sleep? Where do they sleep? Again, this there's a lot of focus on the practical stuff and I definitely guide them through that. But I also remind them of what they're going to experience in terms of their identity and how some of it falls away and some of it comes back in and there's like this awkward limbo time where you're just like who am I because you're just going on that journey of you know like the beliefs and the values and priorities that no longer served you have kind of gone but the new parts of you haven't quite been called in yet because you're still working through that little bit of fog and I can't make that experience completely easeful but I think the difference that I can make is by preparing them like it's gonna it's gonna happen so when it does, you just surrender to that to that process. And now you're aware of how it's going to feel. Yes, it's not going to tickle that much, but you know that it's coming. And so when it does, you're not like trying to grasp for control. You're like, oh, that's right. I knew that this was going to be part of my journey. And, and now I guess I
0: see yeah. how it
1: unfolds yeah. for me. Yeah, it doesn't make the work easier, but it just
0: makes it easier to surrender into and to yeah. allow and to know the process. And that yeah, something's coming, something big is coming in this yeah. space.
1: Just taking away the shock of it, because I think you know, when you're shocked by something, you're then suddenly put into a position where you kind of you do have to go back up into the mind and you have to process and you have to analyze and you have to get like an understanding of what's going on. And that's a whole process within itself that can be quite jarring whereas if you know it's coming you're not blindsided and you can like skip a step almost and just like get into processing it all and shifting and releasing and and moving through it and whilst i can't you know get tell and explain to my parents every little thing that can come their way i'm focusing on the big the big stuff that maybe they haven't considered that i know will help them which in my experience is The emotional journey of pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so, your own journey, your own matrescence journey, you've got three bubs, another one on the way. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about your matrescence journeys. What was it like being a first time mum?
1: The eyes just, your eyes just went so wide. Like, holy shit. (laughs) What a time. I've been reflecting on this a lot because Jaxie, my eldest, she just turned eight. On Monday so she's just she's just turned eight so really like plunged me back into all of that um it, oh, I was such a different person she was we wanted her and we planned her and it took a while to actually conceive her uh, but I was 22 and 23 when she was born and I thought I knew what I needed to know because I did the practical stuff you know mm-hmm. I was like mm-hmm. I, I went to the hospital things and I learned everything there and then the midwives will look after me and all of that all the things that I know now are is not how it actually is
0: and also but in I, early 20s we know everything about the world anyway right like, we've
1: like got whatever this. I, whatever I research that's all I need to research yeah because you know yeah and I you know that wise me like sharing with all my friends everything I knew and really I was like you didn't know anything <laughs> But it's fine um I definitely knew a little bit more so that was good but it I still I still find it was my actual like journey into motherhood was still really really good really beautiful because I just knew that I wanted to have fun I wanted to I always held this deep value whilst I may have not known all of the stuff that I know now I still held this value that it will be fun and we will make memories and we will like we will adapt and we will we will figure it out and we will follow our own rules. I always knew that we will follow our own rules, and that there will be lots of information out there for me, but I can pick what I want from it. But I'm gonna still make the final choice on what I'm doing. So, I'm so
0: intrigued by that. Can we just delve into that a little bit more? Yeah. Were you raised in a way that was like you make your own rules, or is that something that you really cultivated in yourself?
1: That's a really good question. I don't think so much it was like you can make your own rules but I don't think it was the other side either of like you know being too intense around having to follow other people's rules I think it was really not I think I just kind of grew up and just figured stuff out for myself a lot of the time and I think I felt a lot of pride and encouragement from my parents to to do that I mean sometimes they had to be like come on Jess like (laughs) <laughs> Let's get yourself back in line here a little bit. Um, but I've kind of always, I've always wanted to be like different, like u- unique in the, not not in the standout way, just in the like, well, why do I have to do what everyone else is doing if I don't want to do that kind mm-hmm. of thing? Mm-hmm. So I would just do it whenever that felt right. So, yeah, I guess I kind of was always like that as a as a kid growing up.
0: Yeah. I love that because I was always someone that was very much a rule follower and so was my mom. Like we like rules. We find safety in rules. And so I just always went into everything like, oh, well, this is the way it's done and this is the way that I have to do it because this is the way that it's always been done. So really like... Releasing that as my story and being like, actually, I want to do things in my own way, has been a really big journey for me. So that's why I was just curious as to like how that came about for you, if it was something that you put a lot of time into, or if it was just it just that's just part of Jesse. So.
1: I think I was quite covert about it because I did like rules. I didn't like getting in trouble. So I would follow rules, but I was kind of like I would follow rules. And if I didn't, it's just I wouldn't get caught. <laughs> so you were more wily than I was as a child. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just, wouldn't, I just wouldn't get caught doing it. But um, I don't, I've always I've also been very from a very young age, very diplomatic in terms of like, oh, I can see why you, I mean, you know, not five-year-old me wouldn't be explaining it like this, but along these lines of, oh, I can see why you think that that makes sense to me. I actually think different to you, but I don't hold anything against you for having a different view. So I I think I've always grown up with this idea that there are always multiple options and then you can kind of just choose what's what's right for you. So sometimes following rules was what was right for me and sometimes I'd be like, I don't like that rule. So I would secretly do another rule or mm-hmm. whatever. Like, I'd be the kid who they give you an assignment at school and you'd have to do like, you know, a project, like a presentation. And then I would be the one who would go and do like a whole freaking movie video thing. Cause I'd be like, <laughs> I want mine to be like different. I don't want to do what's expected of me. and I'll do that. So it was always like that growing up. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so with Jaxie, so you were making your own rules.
1: Mm-hmm. And yep, then making my own rules. Number um, two come
0: along, Jagger. How was it juggling yep. that? Jesse juggles too.
1: Same, same deal, same deal. I was like, you know what? Again, we'll just we'll just figure it out. Because by having him, I, the mothering part I knew. Like I knew about how they sleep, how safe they are when you know they cry and you're comforting them, but maybe they're still crying, but still understanding that you being there is still making them feel safe. Um I knew, you know, like all of those things that you discover as a first-time parent. I had all of that in my pocket, like that that trust in myself to to mother. That was there. What I didn't know and what I was going to figure out was how you do it with two of them. <laughs> <It's like laughs> yes. The, the juggle part and little with, things like with competing needs. Yes. Yeah. And only two hands. Um and but again, I kind of remember being really conscious of that a lot before he was born, where I was like, I'm going to have to care for two of them. And I decided like, I don't want to make this hard. Like, I don't want to be someone who says, um, I can't do it. This is really hard. I was like, I'm going to make this feel easeful. I'm going to make this as easy as possible for me. The way that I make it feel easy for me is again, doing what I want and not trying to like mold myself into other rules or ways of doing it. So just like simple things like going to the shops, who do I get out of the car first? Who do mm. I get out of the car? And instead of me wanting to seek that external, like literally, I would Google, who, who do you get out of the car first? Instead, I was like, well, who would be easier to get out of the car first? Would it be getting the newborn out and putting him in the pram and the pram sitting there for a tiny bit while I get the other one out? Um, or would it be easier getting her out and then making her like hold the toe ball and then getting him out? And but it was just I'm going to decide what's right for me and I'm not going to worry about what other people are going to think of like one kid having to wait for the other one or that that kind of thing. So that was just how I how I navigated that, was that same thing. Like in this moment, what would be the easiest thing for me to do right now? And then that's how I did it and that's how I learned to juggle. Um, and I would let some things fall away and some priorities um, drop because there were other priorities that were more important And I didn't hold much judgment in myself for doing that either because I was like, well, this is the easiest solution, so that's what I'm going to do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then I remember, so I know we sort of connected on Instagram around that time that you were pregnant with Marlo, I think. Yeah. And uh, I could really see this shift starting to happen in you around that time in the birth prep and the birth space and you just like really questioning Things that were being said and told to you around that time when it comes to preparing for the birth. So do you feel that was kind of like a bit of a defining moment of like, fuck this, like I'm not doing it this way anymore?
1: Yeah, that was like that real like birth awakening, I suppose you could say, Um, because it was a couple of, it was in his pregnancy that the concept of doula and all of that came into my world and that was when I knew that's what I wanted to do. Um, and I was actually going to try and find training before he was born, but the right training didn't come up until after he was born. So I actually signed up for that, I think, after he was after he was born. But um, I knew that's what I was going to be doing. I knew that, that's how I was going to be um, supporting women in the world and making a difference and making an impact. And, like, I knew my purpose was there. Because in that, that was when I started learning about, oh, you don't birth on your back, or you don't have to birth on your back, um, and learning about the natural ability that, that women held, and also just, you know, oh, gosh, there's so many layers to it, which I know that you know all about. But I just got completely woken up to, oh, I'm I'm allowed to be respected and heard in birth, and I'm not, I'm actually not meant to go yeah okay aha, yep, yep 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 to everything that comes to me only if it actually feels right which is really interesting because I was talking about how everything felt easeful and I would make my own rules but birth was the one with the first two where I just was like this is what like on the conveyor belt and then yes as you say okay I'll do that so that was like the last piece where I was like oh all of my beliefs about being easeful and making my own choices and assessing all the information you can do that in birth too yeah okay (laughs) and that's when I started yeah really going into it but it was so interesting because I actually then carried shame almost around wanting that and I was really um protective of my experience where I didn't really tell anybody that I was like doing hypnobirthing or um, I didn't tell anyone about all this new information I had about birth and how the uterus works and breathing and all of this like epic stuff like I my birth nerd passion was just lit on absolute fire and I loved it because I'm like a sponge too so all the stuff I was learning but and normally I'd be like, hey, I learned this and how cool is this? And here's a fun fact for you. But for my actual birth, I didn't really tell anyone because I was actually worried of being judged for, you know, like that whole, you don't get a medal kind of thing. Yeah. And I didn't want people telling that to me. So I kept it very, very, very quiet. Whereas now I'm like, yep, I'm having a home birth. And like, it's so easy for me to share. But back then there was some yeah layers there.
0: I totally resonate and had the exact same experience. I I mean, we can see via IVF, which is a very medical process, and you basically do have to hand your body over to do all of the tests and checks and surgeries and everything. So I really just took that, you know, as well as my already conditioned beliefs about birth, that really that IVF process really strengthened the like, okay, this whole thing is really medical. And I literally said to people, oh, I just have to hand my body over and I'll just get it back once the baby's born. Like I just thought that I had no control or say over what happened to my body whatsoever, which I just really wish I could go back and like yeah. hug past Karen and be like it doesn't have to be like that. You have so much control and say like it is your body. You can be so autonomous yeah. in that space. And I was just lucky that I found hypnobirthing right at the last minute in my first, but I was the same. I didn't tell anyone I was doing it. I didn't tell anyone I was going to try and do it without drugs. And when I did do it, I still didn't tell people that I did it. Or if I did, I like really played it down or felt uncomfortable because I had all these ideas that people would have projections onto me. And it's so interesting that, you know, Women, we, we are so quick to share and hear traumatic stories of how scary it is and how long labor can be and all of these horrible things. And yet most people that I talk to, when they've had a good experience, they have held, held some of that reservation about sharing it. So, hmm. you know, it just keeps perpetuating that birth is fearful because we don't hear the other side so much. And obviously, both you know you and I have now stepped into a space where we're like birth can be amazing, <laughs> mm-hmm. and we're doing all of the sharing. But it's taken a taken work to get there. It's taken a journey, and it's taken a lot of like introspection and yeah, really knowing and understanding how important it is to share that kind of stuff. So it, it does really impact moving into that mothering space as well. And and we see that like you and I both see that so deeply.
1: Yeah, a hundred, a hundred percent. And I remember telling people, you know, with my first two, I was like, "Yeah, you know, you just leave your dignity at the door, yeah, and get the epidural." And I'm like, "God, like if I if I could say, like you, if I could just go back and be like, girlfriend, no." you you don't have to leave your dignity at the door the dignity gets to come with you and gets to stay with you the whole time and you get to make whatever choice you want in birth it doesn't mean you have to do it intervention free i still i still got an epidural at the end with marlo um it doesn't mean you have to do it that way but it just means you get to hold on and you get to be respected and heard and listened to and supported and and all of that and you're allowed to do what you want to do, driven by your own heart. So if your own heart is like, yeah, I'm getting in there and I'm getting the epidural straight away because that feels really good for me and I know all about what the epidural means for me and my baby and all of those things, then that is where I'm supporting women because I'm like, that obviously feels really good for you. But you're not just, I was doing it because I was like, that's what everyone told me to do. Everyone told me, ask for the drugs. You take Panadol if you've got a headache. So why wouldn't you just do that and um, leave your dignity at the door and hand your body over and trust to experts and all of that. And so deconditioning from that was really like painful almost, like really mm. painful because then there's guilt and stuff that I carried on. Like, I wish I knew all of this stuff before and all of that, like moving through all of those things. And now that's why I am such a, a voice for that and speaking to that because I do want to gently illuminate this possibility for women which again it doesn't mean you have to have an intervention free birth it means that you are just in charge of the birth and how that unfolds for you and Marlo's birth I that was that was so amazing to me because I felt so present and so in touch and and a participant in my birth I felt really like a part of it and I, and his his one I do remember most clearly, not just because it was the the last one, but there were so many moments, like I could tell you it quite in detailed form, how it all went out, whereas the other ones, it's it's not because I, I wasn't in it. I wasn't part of it. And for me, and I think for many women, that's what it's about. It's not like I'm going to put myself through pain and grit my teeth and suffer. It's this unexplainable way how experiencing your birth and being completely in it however that looks for you is really healing and nu- nourishing and replenishing and it is that unexplainable thing that just I think satisfies us in a way. Mm, yeah
0: it's like you're just kind of planting that seed and then the women that choose to water it that are called to water it can water it and if not then people will come back when they're ready or they'll find their own other ways to support and move through that time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We all have our own path to be on. Yeah, exactly. And I don't want to force anyone onto a path that doesn't feel right for them. But for me, it was that one little, literally it was someone shared a post about a doula and I was like, what's a doula? Wait a second. (laughs) Yeah, and that literally unlocked everything. So if that didn't come up, then I... Wouldn't have chosen that path, but because it came up and I felt called to it, that's where I went. And so that's what I'm doing. It doesn't mean I want to like pull you over and force you here. It's just this exists. And if that feels really cool for you to explore, then I would love to be your guide.
0: Yeah. And I remember the exact moment that I was like, I can get into childbirth education. It's like a really defining moment. And I, remember it so clearly because I had allowed myself to be open to the possibility. I was running another business that just didn't feel inspiring. It didn't feel like I was contributing anything. And I didn't really know what I wanted, but I was like, I need to be open to figuring out what I want. And so I really opened my heart and opened my mind. And if I hadn't, I know that that moment that that really triggered in me would have just passed so fleetingly and I it would not have resonated. But because I was open to the possibility of What is going to make you feel fulfilled and feel really good and feel really nourished? As soon as I saw it, I was like, that's it. That's the one. Yeah. So not getting grabby around like, I must know the answer and I'm going to like journal out my values and like figure out a a life path here. It's just like, okay, I'm just going to be open. Like what's feeling really good? Yeah, and just following that. And so how are you preparing differently for baby number four?
1: Oh my gosh! It's just worlds apart. Worlds apart. I'm just, I think, like the most, the best way to describe it is I'm just intentional. Yeah. Whereas the other, the other preparations, I was more intentional with Marlo, but this one is just super intentional. It's being really every choice that I'm presented with, I'm being really conscious and intentional around it, and I'm not picking anything just because I feel like I have to. Um like the other day, my doctor was like, Your iron's really low and I recommend an infusion. And I've never had an infusion before. And old me would be like, Yep, yeah, sure, sign me up. Infusion sounds great. Boost me up, whatever. But this part of me, I still might choose it, but I'm like, wait, I don't I don't know what I want to know about this first so I'm going to research that and talk to people and I'm going to make sure that whatever choice I make is a really aligned choice whereas yeah like past me would just be like whatever I'll just we're going with I'll, the flow yeah you, you say to do that cool I'll do that so it's just a lot more intentional it's a lot more um focused on just what I want what feels good for me what feels right for me what feels safe for me and there's really not much external stuff happening this time either. Like I, I have read some books, but most of it is bodywork. So, Cairo, um, NET, the neuro-emotional therapy, uh, kinesiology. Um, I'm doing a limbic imprint recoding session, which is when you go back on like your previous birth and you essentially like reimprint it to kind of feel a bit better for you. Um, to help with fear, I'm doing a fear integration ceremony. Like it's a lot of focusing body on word. the body, focusing mm-hmm. on the inner stuff, focusing on on that. Um, obviously, I am very knowledgeable of birth because I that's what I do, and I see it. And but I, because I've been so fortunate to witness so many births as well, that's all. Like I'm pulling all of that in with me, like what I've seen women do, what I've seen women accomplish, and. I've got all of that like sitting sitting in there as well. So, yeah, it's just a lot more. And Like this is my fourth baby and I feel the best I've ever felt like in a pregnancy. Mm-hmm. I I remember with Marlo at like 22 weeks, I couldn't walk. My back went. I um was bedridden for a few days. I had to sit at Cairo and I couldn't, like I could not bear weight in my legs. I was miserable. I went to hospital at one stage. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, if I have another baby, I will break. How will I do that? I will break. And I'm fine. Yeah. I'm here to tell you I'm perfectly fine. Like mm, I feel so Amazing good. what the body physically holds, isn't it? Yeah, I feel so um, even like emotionally, I feel a lot more solid and, and stable emotionally to like I think because what I'm doing is I'm na- I'm processing and navigating as they come up. Like I'm getting emotional, but I'm like, oh, I'm emotional now, so let's move through this instead of I don't have time for these feelings and then pushing it down and then exploding later. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, very, very aware of my body and my emotions this time, and it's the way that I can actually physically feel it playing out is worlds apart from my other experiences.
0: Mm, what a beautiful thing to be recognizing and, and really like celebrating in
1: yourself as well. Yeah. So proud. Very, I'm proud. I'm proud of myself because I've always been like a heady, a heady person. And, but also like the part of me who's, it's like evidence. I'm like, okay, yeah. I've done all this. Yeah. I've done this body work. <laughs> I've, I've seen a cairo since, since Marlo and I've put all this effort and work into myself and emotional work into myself. And this is actually the result.
0: Yeah. Oh, how beautiful. How beautiful. And so you are a multifaceted human being and a business owner. And one of the other things that you are doing and loving to bring into your your community and your world is human design. So Mm -hmm. for anyone who's never heard of human design or maybe heard it and they're like still not really sure about what is going on with human design, can you give us a quick overview?
1: Yes. So human design is, it's a modality and it's all about coming home to yourself and uh, remembering who you are. So it's not giving yourself anything you didn't already have. It's it's pretty much just a reminder of like, hey, you've got this actually within you. Um, It's just probably maybe a little bit deeper than you thought. So um, it's got uh I Ching, astrology, chakra system, like all of it's pulled in. So for those who maybe are familiar with astrology, you're not going to get completely like polarizing information. It'll actually complement and supplement each other because it's taking that part of you within it. Um, and the concept of it is that the soul enters the body 88 days before you are born. So it's not so much when you're born that decides your design, it's your design decides when you're going to be born. So your birth portal Mm -hmm. being your birth time, place um, and day is already decided for you. So whether you were induced or a planned C-section or, you know, anything like that, if you weren't spontaneous, that 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 was your destiny to be born that way. You weren't, your human design isn't affected because you were chosen when you were going to be born or you've chosen for when your child would be born. And then when you were born you're born as like your purest self and it's in human design it's represented by this chart of like shapes and lines and all of that which looks confusing but I'm like wow like you know those memes where all of the numbers like zoom past (laughs) their heads that's me when I see a chart I'm like but that's your purest purest self and then over time you experience conditioning in the form of like societal conditioning family conditioning and then just your own lived experiences and those that conditioning kind of like puts layers onto you and can kind of pull cool you away from your most easeful, less resistant, joyful, um, pleasure-filled self. So the concept of understanding your human design is being able to then integrate it and, and then eventually embody it completely and then you are living a more aligned life. You are living yeah. a more easeful life.
0: And so, how does understanding this actually support that connection to ourselves? Well, <laughs>
1: um, okay, and then I'm trying to like explain it without overwhelming with information. By just, it's it's almost like a a map, like a, a pathway to. This is the version of me that can exist where I can find the most ease um, and less resistance and and feel joy and all of that. So how do I get there? And it's that as a reader, that's my job as well is to explain this is the conditioning you may have experienced. Here are some things you can do to help minimize that. And here are some things you can do to integrate this new it's the habit essentially. Like you're trying to bring this new, these new habits in so that you can embody it. So when I describe your design and understanding it the process that I like to talk people through is first you have your awareness so that's your awareness of your design and then you have your integration and that's when you're recognizing where the conditioning is showing up in your everyday life and then practicing changing that practicing doing things differently and sometimes it's just recognizing it and going, yep, I'm still doing things the same way that I was before but I see that now, like even that is good and then eventually like making different choices and steps forward. And then lastly is embodiment and that's when it is, it's it's the habit, it's the you follow your design easily and that can take a long time. Like it, it it's taken me a couple of years and for most people it can take about two to three years to really Uh, embody and and live their design and your chart like I could read a chart for days for days because there's channels and then there's gates and then there's planetary alignments and then there's circuits and there's so many things when I do initial readings for people I don't even go to that I don't even go there I focus on the basics and I always say like this is the basics, but it's not that basic—the <laughs> basic bitch of human design. <laughs> yeah, But I'm like, really, it's like so multi-layered, and like this <laughs> takes so long to get into your system, and it's looking at your your energy type, so who you are as an projector or a reflector, as you are, and um, and then your invitation, your invitation, your strategy. And then your authority, like those are the main things and then there's some other little bits in there that, like your profile and that that I'll go into. But just that basic understanding of those is enough to start changing your life and inviting more ease, but it takes a lot because you are basically up against all the conditioning that has taken you away from that Mm -hmm. and that's what you are working through daily to change.
0: Yeah. And so what about you? Like how has your life changed in that two two years now that you feel like you are living your design versus before when you were living more to the conditioning?
1: Yeah, uh, drastically, drastically. Like so much more ease. I rarely burn out now. Um, like very, very rarely do I burn out um i have more respect for myself and my energy um i'm able to honor it a lot easier i can get more done i can achieve more by doing less um i my business has exploded from understanding it um i make more money i spend more time with my family like it's just so much more ease and joy has come into my life whilst not sacrificing my needs and not sacrificing my voice and not sacrificing my truth like I haven't it hasn't been one or the other I I feel like I'm able to have it all since understanding my specific design because I was living before that a design that was not me <laughs> I was trying to live like a gen design where I was like go 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 all the things holding it all and da 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 and then when I learned that I was a projector and what that meant it's really just a big permission slip like here you go, yeah, you do work in only a couple of hours but can get so much done and then you are actually allowed to rest Mm -hmm. and, like, that permission slip and me taking it and being like, that's how I roll. I will smash out a bunch of stuff within a few hours that maybe other people can't do, a whole day's work, but I'm allowed to stop after that instead of packing my plate with more stuff because I'm like, well, there's more time in the day so I may as well. So just, like, cutting that out of my life has changed.
0: Yeah. So is that how you avoid the burnout? You're like, I'm just going to smash out a couple of hours and then like give myself that permission yes. to rest, not feeling like I have to fill that blank space. Like blank space in my calendar doesn't mean must be filled.
1: Yes. Yes. So before my conditioning was blank space, if I'm not doing something, I'm lazy. And that is like typical projector conditioning there. And like the other energy types, we sort of all overlap in different parts. Um, but then understanding that actually having that having that rest is how my energy functions more correctly um and that's how I actually make the most of my time and I am overall more productive by following that. That's what made the difference. and when I'm reading for people, that's what I'm explaining to them. I'm explaining how their energy actually flows so that they can then honor it and flow with it instead of trying to force it because we all every energy type has an energetic limit where we basically have to rest and it looks slightly different for everybody. The way we hold our energy and the way that our body gives us energy is very different for each type. But understanding that is that, first of all, that awareness and then it's that integration of, oh, so how was I not doing that? And then how can I invite that respect and honour of that flow into my day more and more? And for some, it's just recognising when that when the energy is dipping, when the waning is happening and then being like, okay, so that's what's happening now and then going, oh, and now I have all this conditioning coming up around wanting to rest but that not being good and all of that and and then processing that and stretching that because I used to sit down and rest and just be like, listen to a self-help podcast while I'm sitting down? What if I write like a to-do list about all the things I have to do? So then I was trying to be productive while doing nothing, but now I'm like, I'm sitting down. Yeah, yeah.
0: because when you hold that guilt around resting, you're not actually resting because your energy is still scattered and like busy and rushy and you're not actually just like fully releasing.
1: (laughs) And that took me like a couple of years. So it took me a while, first of all, to be like, Oh, like actually understanding where my surges were and when my ebbs were and understanding that. Then it was the integration of it. Like, right, I'm dipping now. So this is where I have to actually step back. I haven't finished what I'm doing, but if I keep going, I'm going to, keep, I'm going to make mistakes and it's I'm going to push myself into burnout anyway, so I need to stop. And then I would stop. And then eventually it was being comfortable with the stopping And then once I was comfortable with the stopping, I was like, okay, cool. I've nailed it. What's next? What's the next part of my like design that I need to work through? The next layer. (laughs) Yeah. And like, you know, in this work, birth work, where sometimes I'm going to births and I'm attending births for 20 hours, it's people are like, oh my God, how do you do that? And I was like, well, I'm designed to do this. I'm designed to to smash it out. And then I designed to rest. And we all have that at you know to some degree. But if I don't rest, that's that's what will stop me from being able to do this work. Yeah. So if I do a birth, it's like the next day is that's it. That's done. That's a rest day. There's nothing else expected of me besides the bare minimum. So I can replenish myself because that's what I have to do. And that allows me to then attend the next 20-hour birth or whatever it is. And
0: has understanding this about yourself changed the way that you Parent, or that you mother, or is it more just like a byproduct of understanding yourself better?
1: It's definitely changed the way that I parent, also because I've done the kids' charts, so I understand them too. Yes, I want to delve into this like your little baby's yeah. manual, your child's Honestly. manual. It's like it's like you learn a different language. It's like a superpower and you can learn this different language. So for me as a mother, yes, I've understood a lot about myself to help me parent like that the outward projection of myself and how I parent from my own chart. But then also because I understand my children a lot more by reading their charts and my husband's. Um <laughs> you've just got this insider knowledge on everybody around you I know, and you know I feel, I feel like so seen everybody. and exposed I know I want to like ask everyone like what's your first time <laughs> I just them a bit more. i've got like my client intake form and it like i had to talk with myself i'm like do not ask them for their birth time and place jesse do not put that on the form actually like, i'm I
0: thinking to-. i need to do this for dating i'm going to come to you and be like here's all the, the people and i want to know what their charts are thanks <laughs>
1: I was actually joking with one of my friends about that, and she was like, she said the same thing. She's like, I really just want to like vet them by just asking what the first time the place is, and then I can like look them up and figure it out. And I was like, honestly, it would actually probably save you a lot of trouble. um
0: <laughs> And also, <laughs> if they're not willing to give it, that's already like you're already out.
1: Sorry. Yeah, you're like, okay, well, <laughs> flat. number one?
0: Anyway, we've digressed. <laughs> Your kids' manual. <laughs> yes.
1: So, like uh they all make you know, part of part of understanding your human design is your authority so your authority is your inner guided system to making energetically correct decisions so it's like your gut basically it's it's how you make choices and we all have differing ones so we all have different processes so even like for example um my husband his is an emotional authority and I won't get like go into too much detail. I just, it's just to like explain how it helps me understand. And one of my kids has it too. And an emotional authority is a very like up, down, chop and change. Like you feel the peak of the um, the excitement of the choice. And then a little bit later, you're like, you want the opposite. Because what these people do is they experience the whole spectrum of emotions. Because by experiencing the whole spectrum of emotions, that's the information that they take in to then choose and find their clarity. So they have the strongest, most clear point of clarity, but theirs is an instant. So it takes them time. Whereas other people who might have like a sacral authority, for example, theirs is instant. So you can see the disconnect. If you were someone who had like this instant, I make a choice, it's a yes or a no, it's a this or a that. It's very clear to me. And then you've got someone who's that emotional and they have to go through the whole spectrum and they say yes, but then they say no, but then they say yes, but then they say no. And then they're like, oh no, this actually feels right. That would be quite jarring because you're mm. like, just freaking decide. So when I learned that about my husband, when he gets really excited about something, I'm like, uh-huh. Okay. And and how would you feel about it if you made that choice now? And like the results of that choice, how would you feel? Okay. All right. Well, see how you feel a little bit later. And then, like later on, and he, he'll be like, No, I'm not doing that. Like, I don't <laughs> want to do that. That's a terrible idea. I don't know why I thought it. I was like, Uh huh. Like, I have the patience for it. Whereas before, I was like, You just said you wanted the other thing. Like, I would get really, really annoyed. Mm-hmm. But now I get it. And that the whole spectrum thing, it's in the urgency is in relevance to the choice you have to make. So like, if you're trying to decide on food, it's not going to take you three days to decide on food. But if it's like buying a house, although you have to be quite quick these days, it's, you know, it's a bit more spread out. But that's the same with my kids. Like one of them is a very um, yes or no, this or that. So for breakfast, I'm like, do you want porridge? Or do you want cornflakes? Like I have to do a this or that. So not what do you want for breakfast? Because they'll be like, I don't know. But if I'm this or that, here's your two options, which one do you want? It's a lot easier for them to make a choice. So, like, that alone is just, you know, what shoes do you want to wear? This pair or this pair? What jumper do you want to wear? This one or this one? So much more easy, so Mm. much more, like, quicker and efficient. And then one of the other kids has the emotional authority, that, like, up and down kind of one. And it's, okay, well, what choice do you want to make? Like, what do you feel like? How come you feel like that? Right, well, if you choose that, how do you think you're going to feel? And like, I'll, I'll talk, talk talk, her through it a bit more. So it's just understanding they all make their choices differently. And in parenting, that just makes life so much easier. Understanding their energy as well. Um, like, Paul, me and Steve, Steve, and I are both like projectors. So we're non energy beings. And then we have three children who are all energy beings. So. <laughs> That's kind of intense. But understanding that has, like, it, help, it helps me, like, put the pieces all together so we're all, like, cohesive and working well. But um is a managing, a manifesting generator, so she can hold so many things at once, providing she really enjoys it. As a projector, I can't do that. That's not energetically correct for me. I can't have all, all these things on the go um, unless I'm like feeling really good about it, but I have to, you know, shuffle it into my energy. Whereas for her, if she's enjoying all of it, her body will continue to supply her with energy to keep enjoying it. Whereas it doesn't matter how much I enjoy something, my energy will go down and the yeah. story will stop because yeah. I don't have a motor like she does. And I, I remember the way that I saw it play out was she, she goes to, so she goes to school five days a week. She goes to dancing four days a week including Saturday so she does and on one of those days there's two classes so she's like my little she's just turned eight and she has she can go to school and do dancing and she is happy as anything like if I did that I'd be overtired grumpy burnt out sick all the time like I'd be struggling but because she loves it it's so easeful for her but then there was one class last year that she didn't enjoy and it bought everything down and she she was tired and she was grumpy we got rid of that class and she was back to holding all of her million things and millions of ideas and having all the energy to like put towards it so just like I understood that about her and I also I mean I can talk about it for days so I'll try to wrap it up but I also know like with her as well as a manifesting generator and Marlo he's the same is that they are really fast and really quick and they get things get from things what they need a lot faster than other people so i now know that she might want to quit dancing and i'm not going to say to her you need to, you've committed you have to see it out with anything anything that she does in her life and same with marlo i know that they will have a tendency to end things earlier not because they're quitters as such but actually quitting for them is what is most aligned for them it's actually when they are forced to keep going and pushing and do something that they don't enjoy that is what will drain them Mm -hmm. so I know that about them so if they come to me and they're like I don't want to do this anymore I'm like okay I get it like you've gotten what you need from it you've gotten you've been served the way you need to serve and now let's go on to the next thing I don't need to force you to commit because they're actually here to show us in the world that it is okay to quick you don't have to finish the program all the way to the very very final module you can just do as much as you need to do that feels right and good for you
0: yeah yeah and it's interesting hearing about Jaxie and her energy as well because i'm the same as you like thinking about doing that myself as a 30 something year old like sounds exhausting and i feel like i would project that onto my child and be like you can't Mm -hmm. sign up for all those classes because that's too much you're going to get too drained you're not going to be able to concentrate at school but knowing that like Well, actually, if she enjoys it, she can just replenish her energy again and again and again and again and I don't have to project my energy type onto my child and hold them back or restrict them or change the way that they show up
1: in the world. Precisely. And it's just knowing, like, we all have different energies. We are all designed in different ways. So, yes, how I am is not how my children will be. And so now I have this map to understand them and their needs and their energy functions so I can support that so I trust her when she says I want to do dancing and if she goes I want to do netball and I want to do this and I want to do that, like we'll having a conversation the other day and she was like when I grew up mom I want to be um a teacher and an artist and I want to be a mother and I was like yeah of course like I <laughs> you'd be able to do that you would you be totally do all those hard. things I know you could do that yeah. I'm like yeah I whereas like, Maybe before I knew all of this, I'd be like, you know, you, that sounds good. You probably have to pick one, though. Yeah. Whereas now I'm like, now, girlfriend, I trust you. you want to put a couple more things in? Because I know you <laughs> yeah. <two."
0: laughs> and so baby number four, what's going to be the first thing that you do? Announce the gender, announce the name, research what? human design.
1: <laughs> I'm thinking about... No, and I was like, to be honest, I reckon within two hours I'm going to be like, what is it? Two hours? I reckon, I reckon you'll okay.
0: be quicker than two hours for sure. I'll be, I'll be You're going to be future. in the high, like <laughs> get I'll out probably, the
1: phone. Yeah, I'll probably look at Peter, who's she's going to be my doula, and I'll be like, Peter, did you get that time? Look it up because yeah. she's a reader as well. Um, So she'll be able to have a look. I secretly would love, I would love a projector just so I can be like, I understand you so deeply, but I'll probably get another the bloody energy being. No oh, you can't project it.
0: No, well, you, you maybe soul knows. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here and having this really in-depth chat and being so open and vulnerable and sharing all your wisdom. If people want
1: to connect with you, what is the best way for them to do that? They can come and find me on Instagram um, at the Jessie dot the doula. Yeah, come over there, come say hi, come have a chat. I love engaging and speaking with people who are in my community and in my world. Wonderful.
0: So I'll link that and your website in the show notes for anyone looking for you. Thank you for being here. And thank you to you, dear listener, for spending this time with us as well. We would both love to see where you are listening to us. So take a screenshot and maybe share it to Insta and tag both of us so we can see and come and share what your biggest takeaway was from this episode. Thank you for being here. And I will see you on the next episode.